What's up, bold ones? We've got Christian here. We've got an excellent episode for you planned here today. We thank you so much for listening. We've got Ryan and Styers both on with us. And yeah. Ryan, I'll go ahead and kick it over to you. Well, we decided to have Styers back. Um, no longer going to call him Andrew. He no longer has a first name. He strictly goes by Styers now. Um, because one, we just his real first name's Joe. So either he goes by Joe or he goes by Styers. He has to choose one right now. Which one is it, Joe? Well... I've never actually been called Joe, and I've always only been called Styers, so I feel like that's the right choice. So that's official. He's Styers now. But yeah, we have a great one. We have Friday energy coming at you, trying to keep it light, keep it happy. Most importantly, keep that Friday energy just flowing throughout into the weekend so we can enjoy the college football we have coming up, the NFL football we have coming up. But most importantly, we're going to get some other topics, maybe a little bit of Spider-Man. Did someone say Spider-Man? Yes, we did. We said mm-hmm. Spider-Man. We're going to discuss Spider-Man today. And I can't wait for it. I'm so excited. Best superhero of all time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to debate that. We do have a debate coming up. Um, as we've hinted on both social media from the last episode of the pod, um, we have the hot take debate of the week, which is, was Adele Beckham Jr. ever an elite wide receiver? Um, I have a stance that he was never an elite wide receiver. And the two other people who are already laughing on the screens right now, you can't see it because, of course, we're on doing a podcast, <laughs> but uh, Christian's face is lighting up because he's like, oh, but Adele's stats. Have you seen Adele's stats? Like, he had that one catch against the Cowboys. He was so incredible. I don't give two shits about that. We're going to go in-depth <laughs> on how Adele was never an elite wide receiver and how he never will be again and how the Rams overpaid for a mediocre average wide receiver. But before that, we have our bold ones of the week. So as we know, we're the cold ones. Before, the before ones. we get into bold ones, before we get into bold ones, like, I can't get over the fact that as you were saying Odell, I could not stop hearing you say Adele. You definitely in, said Adele. That's why yeah, I was you laughing. definitely said Odell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Real quick, real quick. Can you take it easy on me? Oh, uh, no, no one. No one. I, I mean, I feel like this is water under the bridge. <laughs> I can, I can do this. Yeah. Well, we're I mean, rolling in the deep here. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just chasing pavements. I'm, I'm chasing pavements. Nothing really. Wow, okay, you guys, so this hard, on. Is this mic on? Hello, hello. <laughs> yeah, oh audience, God, let us bad. know at the end of the episode. Did he say Odell or Adele? We we want to know. One's much better than the other, that's for sure. <laughs> give me Adele. Like, give me Adele lined up on the hash mark, going across the middle. She catches it. Odell, <laughs> no. Well, she. We know she likes to roll in the deep, so she'll go <laughs> deep better than anybody. But she's probably better than Tyree Kill. I'll say it right now. Like she, she has a great wingspan. I mean, I, honestly, I think she could at least catch one touchdown for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> give me I mean, prime, give me prime Peyton Manning and give me Adele. She's at least catching 10 touchdowns that season. Peyton Manning made wide receivers. I'm convinced he could make Adele up like a like now, he could. Now here, here, here's the question. Do you want prime Peyton Manning? Or HGH Peyton Manning. Well, considering how he made Eric Decker and I think it was Demarius Thomas appear to be actually, and, and don't who, forget that a uh, random uh, basketball tight end Julius Thomas. Oh yeah, so he made the Thomas twins and Eric Decker look like actual talent. I'd say you got to go with HGH that his wife bought for herself. 
and he just happened to be in the same room. (laughs) It happens. I mean, it just wasn't him. Say it wasn't you, or say it wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess we'll go with our bold ones of the week. So this is a new tradition that we're starting every Tuesday episode, Wednesday, we do the cold one of the week. And then our second of the episode of the week, we're going to do a bold one of the week. So this is just a kind of a bold story. Anything that the three of us find interesting, we're each going to have our own. So I'll go ahead with mine. So this is a topic that we're going to get to in a little bit. But... Earlier this week, we had a play-by-play announcer that had been looking forward to his first experience as a commentator over the radio for a Power 5 college football game. And this person is Jeff Haxton. He is the current voice of Red Raider basketball and baseball. Some of you may have seen a video go viral of him catching a foul ball in the booth barehanded very impressive um but anyways yeah totally um and great calls when tech had their final four run um just just incredible tear-jerking calls uh go look them up if you get the chance anyways jeff gets to fulfill his lifelong dream this weekend getting to call texas tech versus oklahoma state which he actually graduated from oklahoma state um but so yeah he gets to fulfill his life his lifelong dream I guess that brings it up to me. Oh, are you is Andrew about to talk shit about Xerox State? Well, well you got more uh, shit to talk. I mean, all I about. all I was gonna say is that we should just call them like it is and just forever call them Xerox mm-hmm. State, like they should be. Oh, yeah, they like to copy, that's for sure. I mean, I got Odell, Odell and Adele confused. I can't promise I'm gonna be able to call OSU at Xerox State every time. I'm just gonna be hand up right now, hand high in the sky. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna promise that I can't I can't do that. <laughs> It's so, all right, Ryan. All right. What's your what's your bold one of the week? Well, to sound like a total narcissist, it's me. I'm the bold one of the week. I was a brave little lad, brave little lad, and got my COVID booster, third shot, so I'm completely COVID-free, um, and I feel like complete and utter shit today. Like, everything <laughs> aches. I feel like I'm hungover, and I didn't have any of the fun of drinking. So this is probably, like, horrible. This is comparable to the Michael Jordan flu game right now. I am podcasting basically hunched over in a chair in a sweater praying to god i don't freeze to death tonight yeah, the michael jordan game where i got a hangover from eating a bad pizza oh yeah allegedly, allegedly <laughs> an alleged bad pizza an alleged tainted pizza from certain fans that could have had anything on it <laughs> totally wasn't hungover just ate a bad pizza i will say in his defense of that it is utah and let's be real, like, where is there to go out in Utah? What else do they have to do? I'm I, sure I mean, Salt Lake City has some fun stuff. Just really, only there. Are you, are you going to try and tell me Salt, Salt Lake City actually has, like, a form of nightlife? No, like, I, I, I'm willing to believe, Michael Jordan, that those Utah j- jazz fans, since they have nothing else to do, they're going to get after Michael Jordan in any way, shape, or form. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I haven't been to Utah, but I heard this somewhere. It's like, I have no idea how I know this. It's probably completely wrong. It's probably bullshit knowing me. But I think you can't 
you had to like, when you go to a restaurant, you can't just order a beer in Utah. You had to like order an appetizer, order like some food to go along with your alcoholic drink. Like you can't just sit down and order beer anywhere in Utah. Maybe I, I've I've never, I have no idea. Okay. I've never heard that, but I would like for that to be true. So that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe someone from Utah will be like, actually, I'll have you know, we can buy beer uh, on Monday through Wednesday before <laughs> lunch. And also we have a lot of pretty rocks. So like that's that's whenever you talk shit about Utah, they're always like, "Oh yeah, but look what's outside <clears> my front window—a giant rock." I'm like, I don't give two fucks. <laughs> Move to a city. I mean, if we actually do get listeners from Utah, I'd be psyched. But all right, <laughs> no, we're just about Utah. This is an anti-Utah Utah podcast. If you're from Utah right now, just stop listening. <laughs> I mean, you say disavow Utah, but University of Utah Utes possible oh, upset of the week oh i'm choosing utah state mm-hmm. like I, later on so i can't okay, <laughs> i can't do so i can't i can't disavow utah except for utah state wherever in this wherever that is in utah i disavow every place <laughs> but utah state campus <laughs> shout out matt that's wells. matt wells yeah. all right guys so my bold one of the week is baseball way to sell way to stay relevant baseball because tonight as of recording it was the announcement of the MVP award, the culmination of award season and baseball. And as baseball knows so well, they just put it at the most random times that no one's paying attention to. So I would just like to give a major shout out to uh, the two-way legend that is Shohei Otani. Uh, Babe Ruth could never smell his jock. Um, and he will never, ever ever step foot or ever become a Yankee and you can quote me on that he will stay west coast west coast is best coast and also shout out to Bryce Harper uh Bryce Harper this guy has been on the cover of SI as the prodigal or as like the next dream child for baseball since he was 15 this man has won two MVP awards before he has turned 30 years old. This guy gets it, and he gets it done. So wow. that's so my how, bold one. Yeah. How many championships combined have they won? They must have won like a ton of championships combined if they're so good. How many playoff series have they won? That's the real question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how many, how many, <laughs> how many playoff series has uh, Otani won? Like, he must have won like thousands by now if he's so great. <laughs> How many home run derbies has he won? I bet he's great at home run derbies. At least Harper's won home run derby. Also, they've out of the two of them, they've only won one home run derby. Wow, that's okay. I mean, Adele could probably do better. I mean, all I'm saying, you know what? No, this is a debate for a later time about uh, going. <laughs> Actually, no, not your, yours, Ryan, because I know you don't care enough about baseball to get invested <laughs> in it. But Christian, our debate about baseball is coming on. A oh, it's episode. coming and you're going to lose. Oh, no, I am so ready to absolutely own you. It's not that I don't care about baseball. It's just like the rest of America. I realize there's more entertaining sports than just whack-a-ball. Like there's, there's more entertaining sports out there. Like simple as that. I mean, people like to say basketball is entertaining, and to that, I would say I don't care. Like, I would much rather care about the this league drama of basketball more than the actual product on it. Like, it at this point, it's just stale and repetitive, 
in basketball. I, I don't like the problem. I mean, yeah, there. I mean, the Lakers suck. They're not going to do any good. I mean, it's just – it's the same old, same old. Hey, hey, hey. No, 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 no. I heard from a very reliable source that the Lakers w- are definitely going to make a deep run in the playoffs because they have veteran presence and I veteran leader, leadership. Yet. I will say that. Let the record state the playoffs have not started yet. And they already have to have Kamaru Anthony. Isn't Anthony already starting? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been paying attention too closely to the NBA this year. That's um, because the NBA should football start season's still Christmas. going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. NBA really should start at Christmas. Because it's really like the preseason, then you figure out who's all good and everything right around Christmas time, and that's when the real NBA season and drama starts. Pretty much when the NFL gets wrapped up, that's when the NBA really kicks into high gear. Hmm. Well, then I'll start caring then. But until then, Lakers suck, so that's all that matters to me. <laughs> every, every loss the Lakers have, just proves my point that you can't just build a 2008 NBA 2K <laughs> roster in 2021 and think it's going to do well. I don't like, even think Anthony Davis was in college him. yet. No, I... I stand by what I said. I stand by what I said. It'd also not work if it was 2008 <laughs> roster. Wait, has LeBron been in the league for like 20 years? LeBron came into the league in 2003, and Carmelo came in the same year. Okay, so that's like – that two-thirds of their big three. And right trust there. me, LeBron and Carmelo on the same team in 08 would have been extremely terrifying. I will say that. But No, nah, they would have gotten yeah. roasted by whoever came out of the West. They're both babies, though, at the time. I mean, they're like in their low 20s. But who actually cares about basketball? Not me. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so, in tech news, as we... As Christian referenced in his Bold Ones uh, segment earlier, uh, Jeff Haxon gets to call the uh, Texas Tech football game for the radio broadcast. And why is that? Because the Big 12 conference is soft. They are a bunch of soft-ass softies. No, totally. I mean, I just want to voice my extreme displeasure with the way the big 12 has chosen to handle this um it's just absolutely ridiculous we all saw what was going on on the tv now i did listen to the commentating and our two normal radio announcers for the texas tech red raiders football team did call out the refs by name which was probably uncalled for i don't think they shouldn't have done that or they should have done that excuse me but to actually suspend them for this game for telling the truth about the officials not doing a good job is just absolutely ridiculous. It's like, no wonder UT and OU wants to leave the conference. Like, it's just it's terrible. I just wanted to go straight to the Big 12 office in Irving and just start fighting them. I mean, that, that's just my first reaction to this. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's like you're trying so- to attract teams to your conference and you're trying to be competitive and you're going to do this crap. I mean, I know you're really just trying to send a message because Texas Tech really in the grand scheme of this season does not mean a whole lot to the Big 12 Conference because they're not in contention for the title. And I get that. And you want to send a message, but it's it's just ridiculous and childish. Yeah. So what is it? They they listed the refs by name. They said what they called out saying that they're obviously trying to rig the game in Iowa State's favor. They they were. I mean, I, I'm not going to say they weren't. Um, 
And I feel like there was one other thing that the Big 12, quote unquote, highlighted in their uh, suspension. But I mean, there was also video released of Iowa State whenever they played Oklahoma State. And uh, there was a play during that game where the refs made an incredibly like just NFL level taunting call as in the guy just turned around to look to see that no one was behind him and he turns back as he's running raises his hands up like the Dion just like oh no one's gonna touch me as he walks in and they throw a flag on him saying calling it unsportsmanlike conduct ball dead at the 15 yard line and the Iowa State uh radio booth uh, says that is the worst call like bid 12 you should be ashamed with yourself does that sound familiar <laughs> do you know what happened with them did they call it the refs by name though that's my component and i'll be a voice of reason here um there's a difference be- there, there's a difference between us as podcasters us as fans kind of shooting on refs and more professional I don't want to say people, but more someone who's actually in the big J journalism profession doing it. Um, calling out the reps by name, as Christian said, you can't do that. You can't basically be like, yeah, hey, what if I was basically like, hey, Styers, Styers fucking blowing this podcast. Like, Styers fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> I would go, like, Styers, I don't even know what you're fucking doing on this podcast. Like, right there, that's way too far. I can say that because it's an example of what's way too far. But if I was saying it for real, it'd be hurtful. But since it's just an example, it's not hurtful. Felt like that's kind of how you feel there, but you know, that's all it right. was an example. <laughs> <chill>. It was <laughs> an example. <laughs> but no, so you get what I'm saying. Like, I, so like announcers can like you can go back and forth. You can talk about it, but when you start ragging on them like you did, it's definitely going to have some components there. And I especially think that with Texas Tech, you know, we are bowl eligible, but we're not the big dogs, Big Twelve yet. I'm hoping with McGuire coming in. With OU and UT leaving, the Big 12 kind of opens up. We have a chance to be a top dog in the Big 12, maybe top three for a couple of years. Um, but until then, we kind of have to understand that we're the middle child. Like, we're not the low child that they don't care about. We're not the oldest child that gets away with, that can, like, is perfect. We're the middle child. We get punished a lot. And that's how we're going to have to deal with it for a while until we get ourselves off of the ranks. You see, like, you shouldn't have called the refs out by name, but to actually suspend them for a game for something this petty... Um, just because you made the conference look bad, which the conference really made themselves look bad in this situation um, by making those mistakes they did in the officiating crew. Uh, it just wasn't cool. And it's like, have some accountability here. You know, it, be accountable for your own mistakes instead of just blaming it on us and then suspending our great radio announcers for a game. Like maybe issue the public recommend reprimand, but don't actually issue suspensions for something this petty. Well, I mean, we're also talking about the same conference that has issued statements saying teams that uh, give a horns down will be issued an unsportsmanlike conduct. So knowing that we should have known that something like this would have happened there's like i understand with what you're saying ryan but also on on the flip side of it like come on like this this just may gives your conference like a bad look like Mm -hmm. 
Uh, it, it seems like you can't call the game with like any emotion. It seems like you have to be a 1960s radio announcer that can't actually show emotion and has to talk in a monotone voice while he's announcing. And that's boring. That's so uninspiring, as especially as a fan to listen, you know? Well, what are these commentators supposed to say? Are they supposed to talk about how great the officiating is in this game? Because they just be straight up lying at that point. I don't think it's lying, but I also don't think you uh, – just it's like being polite. I think is the, not, the best way to put it. Like, you would be politely – they can be like, wow, they're – like Herb Street would be the best way to put it. When you listen to Herb Street, who was like, I, I don't want to say the epitome of like calling games because I don't think he really is, but I think he's a professional about it. Um, he's He will be like, yeah, I think that's the wrong play or not the wrong play. I think, I think that's the wrong call. The refs have kind of been a little like, he never, but he never goes out and says, wow, the refs have really just blown this game. He never says that. He always says like, okay, I, can, I guess I can see where they're coming from, stuff like that. And maybe that isn't like what people want to hear, Maybe that's not what's so emotional, but I think there is this mentality, especially at Texas Tech, that being out in West Texas, there's not too much out there. So you can kind of get away with a, away with a lot. So at the same time, it sounds bad. I think if we lose the game, I think there's no – like there, maybe it's the punishment's worse. Maybe. I think winning the game, we still got a punishment. But I think no matter what, I do think they're a little bit out of line. Yeah, I mean, like with Herb Street, he's a national announcer, though, on a major network, so he has to remain neutral. And he's also on TV where the fans can see what is going on. These guys are on Lubbock Radio. And so you got to be a homer and you got to do a little more play by play and give the fans a better picture of what's going on because they can't see the picture because it's over the radio. Now, obviously, you might have some really diehard fans who might have the TV on mute and they have their radio tuned in listening to the game. I know a lot of people like to do that. And honestly, something that I should try out because that does sound pretty fun. Um, but yeah, they're mostly calling to an audience who can't physically see what's happening in the game. So you got to illustrate that. Now calling them out by name, yeah, it shouldn't have been done, but it's really just the big 12 because we made them look bad that they're punishing us instead of owning up to their own mistakes. Yeah. And to be quite honest, if I had access to a radio where I could get that uh, tech radio call, I would have listened to it over the national TV broadcast because woof, woof. <laughs> um, um, what is it? Beth Mullins? She should only be on a Big Ten 11 a.m. kick. That is her perfect time slot. <laughs> Any other time slot, she's out of place. I'd like you to further explain that. Just to Yeah, we were also on ESPN2 as well. Yeah, please go into more detail yeah. about, about this. Like, And be very careful with the words you yeah. use. Stars may have a short run here. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like she has the perfect voice for one of those like really early uh big 10 games that just are one of those complete defensive what am i watching here like perfect voice for that and that's all okay 
<laughs> I don't think that? either of us were expecting that. No, honestly, I did not see that coming. Yeah. That was a that was a curveball to the temple right there. But hey, <laughs> that's showbiz, baby. That's showbiz. Yeah. So with all that being said, we could talk about back and forth just about how professional you should be, how you shouldn't be. Just kind of get into debate about that. But let's go ahead and get into the meat of our show because it's been wasted enough time. We've been beating around the bush. Let's get into our college football pickums. So we've chosen some key games, some key matchups, um, and overall some what we believe are going to be probably the games to watch this weekend when it comes to college football. Some of them may surprise you guys. Some of them may be like, why are you watching this game? Like the odds don't go that, but there's just a hankering. There's, you could t- say that I feel it in my plums, that some of these <laughs> games are going to be a lot closer than what the odds have them going. So our first one is going to be Memphis at number 24, Houston. So I think we can all agree here. Memphis is trash. Uh, Memphis is not good this year, uh, and, and I think this will be a walk in the park for U of H. U, this U of H team is very good. Still don't understand how uh, Tech beat them. Like seriously, one bad half of football, like a nightmare half for U of H. And U of H is what eight and zero. They're nine, yeah, nine eight and zero since playing us. Yeah. yeah, so they beat nine and zero. Yeah, if it weren't for that uh, second half against Texas Tech, so I I honestly believe Houston's going to roll in this game. Yeah, Houston's favored by eight and a half points here. I think they cover. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm going against that. I think Houston may be looking a little bit ahead. Uh, when you talk about uh, Dana um, Holgerson, um, one thing he always kind of had at West Virginia was West Virginia. I mean, they're good. He was good at West Virginia. But I feel like if you think of those old West Virginia teams, they had a habit of blowing a game. Um, and I don't know if he's carried that over to Houston. Maybe he's learned from his mistakes in the past. But, I mean, this is a Houston team that's already going to the conference finals. Like, they're going to already go. They're, they're looking ahead. They're probably already game planning, preparing, be like, who's our opponent going to be? And I think a Memphis team that comes in that has a high-power offense, yeah, they have a horrible defense. Their defense can't stop anything. But if the Memphis offense is able to keep up and kind of maybe outlast the Houston offense, I think at the very least, this is going to be a game um, to the end. Not a chance, but okay. Hey, I I stand by. I I, I, I don't think Houston covers here. It'd be different if the game was in Memphis, but since it's here in Houston, I'm saying they're going to cover. All right. Okay, so moving on, uh, the next game on our uh, list here is number seven, uh, Sparty, Michigan State at the shoe, and number four, Ohio State. And before we start, I would like for y'all to take a guess at where Michigan State's pass defense ranks in all of the FBS. Oh, this is a question you ask when it's bad. Yeah, I think it's pretty bad. I'm going to say plus 100. Christian? I'm going to say somewhere plus 80. Michigan State's pass defense ranks dead last in the FBS. That's plus 100, baby! Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, what is it? Uh, Purdue ranks like seventh in passing offense. And Ohio State ranks number six in passing offense in the country. And we know how that game went for Michigan State against Purdue. And C.J. Stroud has been lighting it up. And because of that, Ohio State rolls. 
Yeah, Ohio State, they had a very slow start to the season, especially losing to Oregon, who's actually looked pretty good um, since. But Ohio State, they, they've just been on an absolute tear over the last few weeks, and, and I fully expect them to just win this one pretty easily, especially since it's in Columbus. Oh, shit, I didn't realize this game was a 19-point – it was a 19 19- yeah, Ohio That's State is supposed to take this. Like, like, I don't think. Uh, I, first off, I don't think nineteen is nineteen is a lot of points. Nineteen is, that a, is lot, a lot of points. It's a lot of points. So I don't think that happens. I don't think that happens. Um, this is can, this game's gonna go one of two ways. I think the longer it's close, more likely Michigan State's gonna win. But I think this also has the possibility where Ohio State just comes out and they're pissed off at four, not three, and they light up Michigan State and end up jumping Oregon. Yeah, um, if Kenneth Walker III, running back for Michigan State, can have a Heisman-type game, I'm talking like a better performance than he had against Michigan, then I believe that Michigan State might might pull some shenanigans in Columbus. It's going to come down to how well can Michigan State control the clock. And I know that sounds Basically. I know that sounds generic. That sounds like oh, Ryan's just saying stuff. But no, if Michigan State can run the football effectively, control the clock, keep that last pass off that pass defense off the field as long as possible, and keep the game close and keep it more of a Big Ten style mm-hmm. football, the Michigan State's going to win. But the second it becomes a fling it, throw it all around Big Twelve style game, Ohio yep. State's already won. Actually, you know what? I'm going to hammer up the Ohio State line. Because I'm looking at uh, the Purdue-Michigan State game. They were in uh, Purdue, or at Purdue. I forgot where where Purdue is. Indiana. Yeah. Well, Indiana. we're in Indiana. Whatever. Do I look like an Indiana point. expert? <laughs> uh, point stands. They lost to Purdue 40-29. to Like. I'm hammering Ohio State. They're going to light Michigan State but up in the same way. I think Michigan State will cover, but I still think Ohio State wins by two scores. Okay. All right, fair enough. I mean, that's, that's kind of how I feel. Ohio State wins, but not going to cover. All right. So, moving on. That brings us to UT and West Virginia. Now, I think – this is confusing to me because when you look at the predictions, they're saying Texas is potentially going to win. But when you look at the Vegas odds, it actually has a West Virginia winning. Well, I, I see mean, West I would Virginia minus take... three. Yeah. Which means because they're always going to give three points to the home team, which basically means they think these teams are dead even. Okay. And they're giving the edge to West Virginia because the game's in Morgantown. So I think the big storyline that comes into this game is one – Texas has been historically bad with the losing streak that's been going on. Just lost to Kansas. Sark just had had the AD come out to practice and be like, hey, buddy, we believe in you. Wink, no, wink. no, no, Ryan, was, you got was, that wrong. It was not Crystal Conti, the AD. That was president of the entire University of Texas system. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. even worse. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> AD's boss or AD's boss's boss, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. bad. Yeah, and then, and then add on top all that, the hot fudge on this shitty sandwich or shitty Sunday, their Heisman candidate's out. He's out for the season. Robinson's gone, dislocated elbow. Does UT lose out 
is UT making a bowl game? Like, that's a serious question now. Like, I thought at the start of the season, if we were like, hey, UT maybe doesn't go to a bowl game, I kind of would have laughed at you and been like, no way. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll be bad. Maybe not as good as they want to be, but they're going to make a bowl game. And now we're looking at potentially – and they lose this game, they can't make a bowl game. Nope. Um, I so think... The remaining schedule is West Virginia and Texas. Um, or, no, West Can- Virginia Kansas and Kansas State. State. Yeah. yeah. Um, no way they beat Kansas State. So that alone means they do not do not make a bowl. Um, this West Virginia game, West Virginia, West Virginia is not good this year. Um, what is it? Their last couple games, they've lost to Kansas State pretty handily, got whooped by Oklahoma State. And somehow beat Iowa State. That one makes zero sense. They also beat TCU, and TCU is kind of frisky. Yeah, they're also four and six, but they they've won some good games. Yeah. Um. Basically, to sum up, the Big Twelve makes zero sense. Um. <laughs> no, I, I this one's in Morgantown. I want to believe West Virginia pulls this one out. Yeah, we'll see. It really depends on the health of Casey Thompson for me um, because that's why Card got the start in the Kansas game because Casey Thompson is battling a thumb injury. And Card is – he's just not the guy. Um, I mean, maybe he's young, maybe he has a future, but right now he's definitely not the guy. Um, And Casey Thompson was able to come into that Kansas game and almost save them, and he was great in overtime but Kansas decided to go for two and that's why they ended up winning. Yeah. Um, so I think if Casey Thompson's good to go, then I, I think UT's going to beat them in Morgantown. Now maybe yeah. they could find some Morgantown magic. Their fans are going to love this game. I think they're going to show out big and I think they're going to want to be the team who makes Texas not bowl eligible. Uh, so I think they're going to be fired up and ready to go. So we'll see, but I really just think it depends on the health of the quarterbacks in the Texas locker room. Fair okay. enough. Um, also, will Jarrett Dagey be uh, addicted to turnovers? This man has 13 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. The offense for West Virginia just has not been what I think people thought it was going to be. Usually in the Big 12, you can kind of expect mm-hmm. outside of Kansas and outside of Kansas State, outside of the state of Kansas, usually it's like, okay, an offense in the Big 12 can move around pretty well, but what – I mean, they're only averaging like I think twenty-four-ish points, maybe twenty-five. I when I looked at this morning, points per game, which for the Big Twelve is pretty low. Yeah, but that that defense is frisky. It's frisky for a Big Twelve defense, which I is really all by, you need. I yeah. stand by what I said. That is a frisky defense. You just need to create turnovers. It's the only way to play defense in the Big Twelve. Yeah, yeah it really is. But speaking of a conference with much more defense, uh, that really can kind of be demolishing at times a matchup i'm really not looking forward to is going to be 21 arkansas versus number two alabama <laughs> um i feel like we should just skip this one i i mean i put it on here because i really want to talk about arkansas um we're bowl eligible we've won plenty of games um i think we've had a great season let's look ahead to missouri next week <laughs> um finish eight and four i think anyone with arkansas is happy with eight and four so my thing about this game that Bama defense is kind of sus, guys. Like, sus for Bama. 
Don't give me hope. Don't. Sus for Bama. <laughs> it, like, it's don't... sus for Bama. <laughs> like, don't give me hope here. Like, I understand that Arkansas is one of the best rushing attacks mm-hmm. in the FBS. Like, we have one of the best rushing attacks across the board. But when KJ Jefferson is good, when he's on fire, he is like a he's like Cam Newton. Cam Newton light a little bit. Don't give me that hope. Mm-hmm. I watched the Georgia game. I watched the Georgia game. I was hyped for the Georgia game. I don't think this is going to be as bad as the Georgia game, but I do think I this think is will gonna, be as bad as Georgia. It, I think it's going to be reminiscent of it. I think it's going to be one of those things where it's a punch in the mouth, and you have to you have to reload for Missouri. Yeah, well, Bama, they don't look as dominant as they did last year with arguably the most talented team in college football history uh, with their last year's team, but they're still nine and one, and their only loss was to a pretty good A&M team in a very hostile environment in the game where they just kind of fell asleep at the wheel. So, uh, yeah, Bama, they've got this. I think they're 20-point favorites, 20-and-a-half points. 20-and-a-half, yeah. Okay. Arkansas covers. Uh, Arkansas definitely covers. They they can control the clock. Um, Bryce Young, like, what is Bryce it? Bryce, Bryce Young's good. 33 touchdowns, three interceptions. You call that good? <laughs> like, what's your definition of great? Like, what's your definition of a great season? Like, Joe Burrow? Like, is that like, oh, if you're not Joe yeah. Burrow, you're not great? Like, yeah. no, Bryce Young's, like, I'd say right now he's probably one of the favorites for the Heisman. Definitely. So, uh, I'm going to take this in, a, like, a portal back to the beginning of the season. Whenever I was saying that C.J. Stroud was, is putting up some numbers, and someone on this podcast, <coughs> Ryan, <laughs> uh, told me those m- numbers don't mean anything, and it's uh, overinflated offense. I, and I, I would I, like I, to present. I would like to present you Bryce Young as well. I mean, it sounds like that guy was a genius, and he really should stick to his guns. Then, yeah, Bryce Young, screw it, all hype. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean, he's All doing right. 33 touchdowns. He's doing that with four and five star wide receivers. Like, yeah. if anything, he should be doing better. Like, <laughs> it's, it's been bad. Like, if anything, he's been subpar with the talent he has around him. He has a four star, five star line. He has five star tight ends. He has five star wide receivers. You only have 33 touchdowns. You lost. You lost to AM with all your five stars. Come on, Bryce, step it up. Bill O'Brien is his offensive coordinator. I would like to point that out. So that does handicap you a little bit. But I mean, 33 touchdowns with Bill O'Brien. Yeah. I mean, imagine what Sark could do with this much talent. I bet he'd be, <laughs> be a generational talent. <laughs> <laughs> Mac Jones, who? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. So moving on, our next game is SMU at Cincy. Uh, what's the line for this one? This is also another big one. Um, a lot of the yeah. ones on here are like, like I said, it's just Ryan shooting from his plums. Um, this feels like another trap game. I feel like SMU is a little bit more frisky than people give them credit for. Um, the offense is has a lot of yards. They're nearly averaging 500 yards a game total. Um, you know, nearly 170 yards rushing. That's quite a bit. That's comparable to Cincinnati. Um, and their defense, of course, when you put up that many yards, I think like your defense kind of falls apart. Um, so they are allowing nearly 400 yards of total defense um, per game. But I do think they're coming off a big win against UCF where they just kind of destroyed UCF 55 to 28. Um, 
it is in Cincinnati. Um, I just, I had this belief that at some point the Bearcats are going to stumble. And I think this game's where they stumble. It, there is a small trap game feeling for me, but SMU started the season eight and O they're now eight and two. And the, so they're on a two game losing streak and they started losing games uh, as no, soon they, as Matt Wells got fired. <laughs> uh, no, th- their last three goes. UCF. Or uh, what is it? So uh, an order of uh, oldest to newest, it's loss at Houston, loss at Memphis, win versus UCF. Okay, that's right. Which losing to Houston, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. no. That loss to Memphis is questionable. Or yeah. maybe Memphis is a better team and someone's right about them being frisky. <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, their coach is being thrown around in rumors with Dykes potentially going to Virginia Tech or TCU. It just how does this SMU team respond to that is really what's going on here. Because usually when you have a rumored coach leaving, it's usually not good for the locker room. Um, I think this close or this game is going to be closer than Cincinnati wants it to be, but I still think they take the win. Well, I mean, that's been Cincinnati's MO and why the the biased uh, college football playoff board won't give Cincinnati the love that they're they deserve. They beat Tulsa by a yeah. touchdown. They barely beat Navy. I mean, there's been some questions with the Cincinnati Bearcats. Like, yeah, I get it. They beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame's pretty good. But I mean And Notre they, Dame. Yeah, on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Like, like great. Good job. But I mean, outside of that, what have you done? Look at their schedule. Like, what can you show me that's like, okay, Cincinnati's for real? I mean, honestly, like this week against SMU and the championship game against U of H, those are going to be the prove it weeks for Mm -hmm. Cincinnati. And honestly, like, I I think Cincinnati is a case of we play to our competition. And unfortunately, their level of competition hasn't just been very good. Okay. Well, I'm taking, I mean, I'm still going to take Cincinnati. Actually, no, I'll go, I'll go crazy. I'm going SMU in this matchup, going underdog. Everybody loves a good underdog. Yep. Tony up. Even though, even though you're just wrong. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I look forward to the Wednesday podcast where all my picks are right. And you guys are like, <laughs> damn, Ryan's really fucking good at what he does. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Trust your plums. <laughs> And how's that getting you along in fantasy football? A completely different story. Like, I don't know why you bring that up. Like, I had, <laughs> I've had Christian McCaffrey out for, like, seven weeks. It's hard to, like, be good when you draft Christian McCaffrey, then Allen Robinson is your one-two punch. Like, it's a hard season. <laughs> I even didn't want Allen Robinson. You talked me to Allen Robinson. You're like, yeah, Allen Robinson would be great this year. And then, like, two weeks – like, at week four, you're like, actually, I didn't think that. And you're like, oh, it's a bunch of bullshit. You talked me into him. <laughs> But anyway, He's the best well, I, player available for you. <laughs> I should have just traded back. That's what I should have done. Anyway, let's <laughs> Oregon, Utah. Oregon, Utah. Let's get <laughs> fancy football. <laughs> Oregon, Utah. Uh, as Ryan will say, yeah. fantasy football is dumb. Um, it really is. Oregon, Utah. Um, so here's the thing about this game. Like, this is basically a preview of the Pac-12 mm-hmm. game. Uh, however... Like, everything's on the line for Oregon here. Like, the committee is literally looking for any excuse to kick Oregon to the doorstep. 
like they would love nothing less than to give the big old middle finger than to the back pack 12. We've seen it time and time again. The committee does not want to love the pack 12. They could care less about West coast. Um, so yeah. And I mean, going to Salt Lake city, like that's not, that's not an easy game. I think Utah's actually, as once again, this is minus three Utah. So this is going to be a close game. They're giving the edge to the home team. Yep. Dude, I Utah is frisky and scary, and I mm-hmm. I don't know. Like Mario Cristobal, the head coach of the Oregon Ducks, like he is a good coach. However, um, sometimes like just he's a very conservative coach. However, and that gets him into trouble with some games. What is it? Last year, he kept Washington close, even though Washington was a far inferior team. I mean, that loss to Stanford this year makes no fucking sense. But at the uh, same time, I think that Oregon's good for one of those losses a year. Like, since I can remember Oregon football, they have a loss each year. Mm-hmm. It's like, how'd that happen? So maybe they got out of their system early. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. There's no, like, math or stats behind it. People will be like, ah, no, you're fine. I think Oregon... I don't think they beat Utah twice, but I think in this matchup they beat Utah. Hmm. Yeah, this is definitely the toughest game they've played all season outside of the Ohio State game in Columbus. Um, I think because they're going to rematch in the Pac-12 title game most likely with Utah, I think Oregon's going to lose one of them. I Agreed. just don't know which one is which. Yeah. The um, fact that, that these games are going to be within a month of each yeah. other, too, or no, it's more like, what, three weeks, two and a half weeks of each other? I don't pretty, know how, pretty close. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty much closer than you would like Definitely. Uh, for Oregon. So uh, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I, I want to go with y'all as they'll end up splitting and Oregon will miss out. But... If that's the case, this is the dream sen- or this is the scenario Cincy's looking for if they don't yep. slip up. Oh, there's no way in hell that Cincy gets moved to the top four, even if Oregon loses. It Are depends you- on what happens elsewhere. Yeah, I think I, I don't. Who, who's Michigan play this week? Because I'd almost make the argument Michigan jumps Cincy. I'm sorry. Like, I just don't. I, it's not that I don't believe in. Well, I don't believe in Cincy to begin with, but I don't think the committee believes in Cincy either. Well, they'd have to if Oregon loses this, especially then they're going to have to throw in a two loss or if they're going to go with somebody other than Cincy, they're going to have to throw in two loss Bama or a two loss big 10 team. I think that's much more likely than people want to admit. They've shown time and time again to the committee um, is that a, a key victory is more important than a close than a loss. Like they've shown that like winning a game is more important than losing a game now see like but this year though i feel like the committee is just like oh we don't care about you once but a quality loss that's what we (laughs) like yeah that's what this this year has told me like i I mean having uh michigan over michigan state makes no sense i it's i don't know man like (laughs) The committee, like, yeah. the second they made the – they basically said, 
we do what we think's best. The committee lost all credibility to me. Yep. Once it no longer was a criteria, it didn't matter if you won your conference championship. It didn't matter who you lost to. All that matters is if you had some flashy wins and if a bunch of yeah. retired. If you're in a power five. Yeah, you're conference. a big name brand. If, if you're in a power two conference, let's be honest. Yeah. There's two conferences yeah. in the committee. If you're a big name brand. Like it's all, it's uh, all a show. It's all a show. No, it, it's three conferences. It's SEC, Big Ten, Clemson. Right, that brings me to something. If Wake if Wake Forest right now had Clemson's emblem on the side of their helmet, they'd be number two. They'd be number two. Yeah. Yep. No, they'd be they'd be four or five because they have one loss. Wake oh. Forest. Is lo- I thought Wake Forest was undefeated. They no, have one Wake loss. For- oh, okay. They lost to North Carolina. Okay. Well, you know, I stand by my take. Yeah, they'd still be top five. Yeah. For sure. Okay. All right. Um. Next up on the list is Iowa State at OU. Uh, as we saw the uh, this past weekend, that is a physical Iowa State team. That is a an older Iowa State team. I think they get up for this game. I and that I think the physicality of that um, Iowa State run it, it it will add up on OU. And I think after what OU's been going through, the rumors. <laughs> of, uh, I mean, rumor going, has it. <laughs> rumor has rumor has it. Uh, Lincoln Riley to LSU? Question mark. Um, I mean, with all that swirling around this Oklahoma program, I mean, is it? I think we need to have the conversation of. What if OU loses out? That's my hot take. What if OU loses out? I think that just leaves um, Oklahoma State obviously as our one true uh, uh, one true hope. You mm-hmm. are our only hope, <laughs> Oklahoma State. Um, but in pure chaos terms, I would love nothing more than for OU to lose out. I would oh. That would be chef's kiss. I mean, it would be funny. I mean, if you look at OU's schedule right now, the only ranked win they have are, is against, at the time, a number 21 ranked tanks, Texas. And we know how that kind of went, mm-hmm. how that's gone since then. So if you look at their schedule, OU really hasn't been that impressive. Caleb Williams oh, on that has had, as Christian has said in the last podcast when he said on Wednesday, Caleb Williams has had flashes. He's had hot flashes um, yep. of being the guy, but he hasn't put it together yet. He's crashing the Maserati. He's crashing the Ferrari. Um, I think that this is the type of game that it's 11 a.m. and Iowa State kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, say what you will about Campbell. He gets his he gets his boys up. He wakes them up bright and early. They probably go take care of a cornfield or something or a <laughs> wheat field. And then they go to the football stadium and they kick ass and they play a very physical game. Um, and I think that physicality, like you said, with Hall is going to if Oklahoma can still not establish the run, this game's over before it started. Yeah, I think Iowa State's going to take this one too. Um, just being with the big noon kickoff, so the 11 a.m. game Central Time. Iowa State—they're a Big 12 team, but they have that Big 10 mentality, where they're going to run the football and they're going to play quality defense, and they're going to play technically sound defense. And the Big 10 teams love this big noon kickoff game. And I think Iowa's, and we've seen it before. We've seen Iowa State. They beat 
OU and Norman when Baker Mayfield was in his Heisman year, I'm pretty sure, um, that season. So I, I think we're going to see an, o- or an Iowa State win in Norman this weekend. Well, what is it like under the Matt in the Matt Campbell era? Uh, I don't have it on hand, but Iowa State has been up to the task in terms of Oklahoma, except for whenever it really counts in the Big Twelve championship game. Whenever mm-hmm. they those they had the OU refs going. Well, I think uh, that's more of a, a, a product of Lincoln Riley having time. I think Lincoln Riley, if given enough time, he's one of the best coaches in college football, especially when it comes to just an offensive scheme. I mean, phantom targeting calls also help. Hmm. I mean, I already know how your stance on Big 12 refs. Yeah, yeah. If you watched that game last year, like, you know. Um, Okay, so as alluded to – is Lincoln Riley going to LSU? Uh, also, uh, big shout out to flight tracking websites. Y'all <laughs> are uh, the real. We love you so much uh, for finding the finding out that while um, Lincoln was supposed to be at practice this week, there was also a a plane flying from Norman, Oklahoma, to Rouge. Uh, I think also he said he was at practice and then he was spotted in baton rouge i'm pretty confident that happened oh yeah you're right mm. so i'll, I'll happen. i, I yeah. think and here's kind of my idea on it i think he's gonna land kiff in it i think he is going to if you look at if you compare ou and you compare lsu and i had this entire argument how about ou's been the best thing that in the big 12 they've owned their little plot of land and now they're moving into the, the much bigger pasture as far as the likelihood to win a championship and get recruits easier, it's going to be a much easier job at LSU. I think the path at LSU is clear than the path at OU. I think a big, big 12 teams, especially we've seen this year, just lack the physicality on the roster in order to jump into the, into the SEC and have immediate success that they're used to. So what's the best way to avoid that if you're Lincoln Riley? Go to a roster that already has it. Go to a roster that's kind of underperformed this year. A roster that you can kind of remake. You have a good, you have some good quarterbacks potentially on the staff. Let's be honest, potentially some recruits are going to follow you because the recruits probably know more than Lincoln Riley's letting on. At some point, a recruit's going to tweet something and we'll know exactly where Lincoln Riley's going. Um, but when this happens, when he pulls the Lane Kiffin, when he jumps from OU to LSU, because I do think this is going to happen. It's going to be scorch earth mentality. Like you thought Lane Kiffin and an old miss going to Tennessee was bad, them throwing batteries, them throwing mustard, them I think throwing water bottles, throwing everything they could sneak in, trying to basically take down Lane Kiffin. There's now, a good chance that like he may get shot at the next now, game. He plays. I I will defend Tennessee. They weren't throwing yeah. things on the field because it was Lane. They were throwing yeah. things on the field because the SEC refs were, I mean, those were some bad calls. The guy calling was a, short. The guy yeah. was short. Uh, calling a quarterback in the grasp, even though he just got touched and obviously strip sacked, but calling him down. I mean, that was a horrendous call. Obviously, we're trying to get Ole Miss that game. Um, 
all at, the at, thin- the, at the very least, you have to admit that Lane Kiffin's reunion at Tennessee was very hostile. Definitely. Oh, like, very. Oh, like I, I think the fact that it was to a Lane team only added to the fact. Yeah. Um, but I will. It, it, I'm saying that it wasn't just the fact that it was Lane is why they threw shit on the field. Yeah, I mean, Lane Kiffin has a much bigger media personality than Lincoln Riley does. And I'm honestly going to say, I think Lincoln Riley going to LSU would be a bad move for him. Uh, he was reportedly offered eight years, $96 million from LSU. I don't know how accurate that report is. Um, it's possible that he's just trying to pressure OU to give him a bigger contract to match it. Um, yeah. we, we've definitely seen that before, but I don't think LSU as a All program, a Fisher. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we've LSU as a program can offer you anything different that OU can offer you as a program prestige and everything. OU is a top five program, probably top three when it comes to historic prestige in the sport. They've never been bad. We've seen them give a long runway to Bob Stoops and let him have down years and not fire. And we see LSU coaches that have won championships. They have one bad season and they're gone out of the oh, program. I mean, Bob Stoops in like his first two or three years won a natty. Yeah, he so. did. But so did these LSU coaches like Les Miles and Coach O, and they have one bad year and they ran out of the program. Fair. So that's that yeah. that pretty fair. Yeah. 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 Your job is more secure at OU. You're also a two-hour drive away from the DFW area, which is the One top the recruiting college. hotbed yeah. in all of college football. So you have that pipeline there, and you've got all the booster and alumni support and everything that you could possibly ever need. OU Unless it's got be one a- OU message yeah. board. Yeah. That, so That's equivalent to Tex Ags or yeah. – burn orange uh-huh. nation yeah. or whatever those bs message boards are mm-hmm. and as far as big 12 teams going into the sec we saw mizzou and AM both go in and have early success like the year they went in AM went into the sec they had a heisman winner so we we've seen these teams oh the big 12 teams can't hang and then they go in and they play extremely well AM beats Bama and Tuscaloosa, their first season in the conference. So it, I, I just think it maybe he goes to LSU, and obviously that that's a great job and a great program. I just think OU is pretty much the exact same prestige as a program, if not even better. And the administration at the school is going to allow you a longer runway and a more secure job. Hmm. Hmm. No, I, I mean. Well I mean, said. It's a, a valid point. I think you actually convinced me that maybe. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I still think he's going to go to LSU because I just think part of it is that the old blue blood LSU program yep. wanting to go there. But I do see your argument that OU is probably the better fit for him and probably the better job. It's like yeah. taking a job with higher pay with more prestige, but Saint, or do you stay at your job that like gives you Fridays off? Fair enough. Yeah, but I'd argue the OU job even has more prestige than LSU. I mean, it's it's OU. I mean, they're like Coach Switzer. It, they're a top five program. LSU is obviously right there as well, and they have a great history and great tradition. I just think OU is just – they're just one of those premium brands like Bama and Ohio State I would throw in there as well. 
I mean, yeah. No, you got them. Okay, so that's it for the college slate and college topics. Moving on to the NFL pickums. Now, I'm not sure uh, y'all just want to fly through these or y'all want to go a little more in depth. Uh, let's, let's fly through the yeah, bad ones. And then, but real quick, I have a question for you, Andrew. Oh, God. I was looking some stats up today. Would you rather have a quarterback who has 17 touchdowns and three interceptions or a quarterback with 19 touchdowns, six interceptions? Who would you rather have? No cheating. <laughs> one of these is Josh Allen. And one of these is definitely Carson Wentz. I know what he's about to pull on me. <laughs> uh, what you rather have? Uh, can you read those to me again? So 17 touchdowns, three interceptions, or 19 touchdowns, six interceptions. I think Josh is 19 and six. Damn, that's impressive, man. That's good. Wow. You really, you really know your quarterback. Yeah. I was hoping you'd be like, guys, more security. Three less interceptions for two less touchdowns. Give me Carson Wentz all day. And I'd be like, it's Carson Wentz. And you'd be like, ah. I think college football is more fun to talk about, but I think just NFL, it's just if there's any topics you guys want to talk about, maybe bring it up real quick. But let's try to fly through these and get to our hot yeah. debate. Yeah, no, uh, completely agree. Uh, for Indy at Buffalo, um, I Buffalo. mean – Yep, Buffalo. it's Buffalo all day. Like that Buffalo defense, like it fucks, it fucks so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Carson's gonna give away the ball. It's almost a guaranteed at this point. Um, yeah. Now, like Josh Allen is about to drop forty points in fantasy. I f- I can feel it in my plums. <laughs> yeah, Buffalo takes it now. All right, next one we have Baltimore Chicago. Baltimore um, rides the ship. Yeah, I, I feel like Baltimore will get right on this game. I feel like the Bears will struggle for the most part, except for have one or two uh, really big plays because that's what Baltimore has been prone to give I think, up. I think Allen Robinson and Khalil Mack right now are not practicing. So I think Chicago, as long as Nagy is still in not the building, calling. I think Chicago is going to have trouble. They need to get rid of him. Is Laser calling the plays or is Nagy? Uh, I can't say with confidence. Fair enough. Um, I I hope to God uh, Justin Fields just throws up a Hail Mary pass to Darnell Mooney for 50 yards. (laughs) I'm not saying that for any reason, but just hoping. All right, Green Bay at Minnesota. Um, Minnesota has been frisky. They like to play. They'll shoot it out but then lose last second. That is the Minnesota way. So So, with that, Green Bay. Yeah, I'm going Green Bay as well. I'm going to go Minnesota here. I think Minnesota's run game um, is going to show once again that physicality. If Minnesota's more physical, I think Minnesota wins this, but I do think this is the A.J. Dillon breakout game. I think at the end, like after this game, we're going to be like Aaron Jones who? Green Bay's um, got a defense, man. Yeah, I was about to say the Green Bay defense is like the number one defense in the league. Or no, really? sorry, 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 sorry. Buffalo defense is number one defense in the league. Come on, come on. Uh, Buffalo, but Green Bay is right there with them at like top two or top three. They available in our like, fantasy league. <laughs> <laughs> 
like funny you should say that. They're def they're they're top three in yards a lot, like least yards yeah. allowed with Buffalo and Carolina. Green and Bay's this is as just got the notification. <laughs> um, and that may have been is, bullshit. Like I don't, I don't know, but I mean, it's not. You convinced me. I mean, just check their scores, especially the most recent ones. Um, and this is all without Jair Alexander. Yeah. How is this? How is this defense available? I had them at one time. I streamed them, and it worked out well. This is incredible. I just found a gold mine. Yay, podcasting. <laughs> glad glad we could help. But yeah, um, what is it? Uh, Zaire Smith and Darn or Jair Alexander. Yeah. They're coming back, so this defense will only get better. I'm yep. still going to stick with Minnesota just because I feel like it's a, one of those. What times this game? What what times this game at? It's a let me pull it up. It's a noon noon kickoff. It's a noon kickoff. Yeah. No pressure. No one's watching. Kirk Cousins is going to throw for like three to four touchdowns. Um. Oh, fun fact. Dalvin Cook has been tackled at the one yard line five times this year, only what? for someone else to score. Hmm. Just, Damn. just throwing that out there. How, how many times has Zeke been tackled the one yard line? Not enough. Not <laughs> enough. Z scored. All right. We'll we'll, would have helped a, a couple, at least once or twice last week. Um. All right. Next game is <laughs> New Orleans at Philly. So I'm gonna I let you guys it. know something real quick. Jalen Hurts has been pin pals with Peyton Manning for a while now. Apparently Peyton Manning's been sending like hype videos and like training videos to Jalen Hurts. So that I'm just gonna leave that as I say I think Philadelphia wins this game. Yeah, I think Philly wins it too. I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I know I've said that before. I've been high on him always. So I'm gonna go Philly here. This feels like a game where Philly is gaining confidence. They feel like they're going they're getting themselves on a run. Like it's in Philly. With that, Saints by two touchdowns. And who's starting at quarterback for the Saints? Is it Trevor Simeon or is it a nah, I think it's Taysom. I think it's Taysom. Uh, God, but but have... they're both going to yeah. play. They're both going to play, okay. but it, this feels like yeah. uh, Philly, Philly shits the bed game. I'm going Philly to win this. Yeah, Philly. Yeah. Interesting, but okay. All right, next up, Cincy at Vegas. Um. I really do think uh, Vegas has lost the interim magic, guys. I feel like uh, Joe Burrow is going to throw three touchdowns. Uh, Mixon's going to run for one twenty and two. Like I feel like uh, since he's about to dominate them, I think this is a are they good game? Um, whoever wins this game yeah. is good. Whoever loses this game is bad. Um, yeah. They're both coming off two, uh, two game losing streaks. Yep. Um, unfortunately, the Bengals loser coming- leaves town. Not that we're not that far yet. Um, I think both teams could still potentially come back, but I mean, they're both in really tough divisions. If you lose this game, yeah, maybe loser leaves town. Uh, yeah, I'd actually go there. Loser leaves town for this game. Yeah, Cincinnati's lost two bad games in a row, um, but Vegas has had too many off the field distractions. I'm going Cincy. Yeah, same. Yeah. Okay. Dallas at KC. Um, I God, this this hurts yeah. so. Admit it, 
because I know Christian is going to love every second of this. But it feels like Dallas is becoming inevitable and becoming scary. Um, so I. They've already with became that, inevitable psych, and it, they're already scary. Psych, <laughs> it's in Arrowhead. Pats <laughs> uh, dominating again. Chiefs by a touchdown. Let's go. So here's my argument against the Chiefs. Their, la- their comeback game was against the Raiders after everything that's happened to them. They've lost that. Like you said, they've lost that inner magic. They've kind of lost their ability. I mean, if they had maybe beat Green Bay the way that they beat Las Vegas, I'd be like, okay, they're for real. But I'm going to see, I need to see more from Patrick Mahomes. I need to see more from Kelsey. Tyree Kill has been electric this season, with like 75 receptions, eight touchdowns. Like he's doing his, he's doing his job. Um, but it's really going to come down to how well does the pass rush get to Patrick Mahomes? Because if the Cowboys pass rush can get to Patrick Mahomes and they've gone to other quarterbacks, they like destroyed Matt Ryan, which I know you're going to say <laughs> that's Matt Ryan. That's a corpse, but still they got, they got there against a bad line. The chiefs have a bad line. So if that happens again, the Cowboys are going to win this game. And I think what's going to happen is we're going to see one of those fancy no look passes and Diggs is going to pick it off. I, yeah. I heard rumors that Kyle Long may be back. I stand by what I said. Yeah, well, Kyle Long plays center, right? Creed Humphrey is rated the no, number one Kyle center. Long play... No, Kyle, Kyle Long Long's plays guard tack- or tackle. Yeah, he, does, tackle. he does not okay. play center. Okay. Yeah, because Kansas Creed City Humphrey center is – yeah, he's rated like number was... one in the NFL right now. Yeah, like uh, he was drafted to be the yeah. center because they needed yeah. a center. Um, yeah, so I'm looking at the spread on this game, and Kansas City is favored by two and a half at home, which means Vegas thinks that Dallas is the better team, and they've definitely looked like the better team. Um, this game is going to be a tough at one. Moments. It's in Arrowhead. It's, I mean, the Chiefs, it feels like they're the coming alive. It's the 325 afternoon game on Fox. So it's America's game of the week, national TV. So everybody's going to be tuned into this one, including myself. And I'm very excited for this. And I love both of these teams. Um, Being from Dallas and then going to college with Pat. Um, So I'll pretty much be happy either way. I know I say that now and I probably won't feel the same way come Sunday, but I I don't know. It really depends on can the Chiefs take care of the football or not because they've been very turnover happy this year. And Dallas has taken care of the football very well. Um, and Dak has pretty much been playing lights out this whole season other than the Denver game. And so I want to take the Chiefs here, but I'm going to be a homer and take Dallas in this one. I am shocked. I, for one, am shocked. Okay, so moving on. Uh, the final game on our slate is Pittsburgh at the Los Chargers. Angeles Chan- Chargers, the Sunday night game. Mm. Um, do we know is is Big Ben back? He, I think he's currently out, or that was last reported. He may be out. I think he like self-reported some COVID symptoms. He's not been uh. activated yet. Okay, and I think Minka is also out with COVID. I know Chase Claypool is questionable, so is TJ Watt. 
I mean, the Chargers have been up and down this year. But the fact that the Steelers have to lean on Mason Rudolph and or Dwayne Haskins. At what point are we just going to accept the fact that Mason Rudolph sucks? I mean, like, at what point do we just like, it's, I think it's time we like see what Dwayne Haskins can do in a functioning, like, like not functioning offense, but see what he can do with a functioning franchise. Like it's, he's had some time to like learn the playbook and everything about that. You know what you have in Mason Rudolph. You have a second string quarterback yeah. who can maybe win you one game in Mason Rudolph. Like Dwayne Haskins was a, what a top 10 pick. He's like, I think he was like taking eighth or something. He's like what is 10 it? overall. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Apparently, okay. apparently before the Detroit game, like, Dwayne wasn't even like taking warm ups. Like he was just like, nah, man, it ain't it. Like, who knows? Like, but still, like I- I'm there with you. Like Mason is like nails on a chalkboard bad to watch. Like he is not good. Not good at all. And the fact that Pittsburgh's defense is also taking a hit with no TJ, possibly no Minka, like I don't know. Like, I want to say Chargers. Definitely Chargers. Yeah, I'm going Chargers here as well. I think Eckler has a big game. Um, Keenan Allen as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can see that going. It really depends on which Herbert shows up for me. Herbert's been – he's still good, um, but he'll become great when he becomes more consistent. Definitely a sophomore slump for Herbert. Yeah. I I think this game is going to be terrible. I think it's going to be – a stupid defensive battle, turnovers galore. Just, just one of those games. I think it's going to be like a ten to three Chargers win. I don't, I don't care who's playing at quarterback for the Steelers because none of them are good options. Um, That's fair. So I mean, it, Steelers it, quarterbacks it, are yeah. bad. It's going to be some low scoring affair with the Chargers winning kind of close, but it's going to be extremely low scoring and it's going to be being memed to hell on Twitter. Like this game is terrible. This is awful. It's going to be one of those. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. Um, ben Roethlisberger is now Drew Brees. Yeah. He's the quarterback who's hold held on too long. And I'd say he's worse than that. Fair. Yeah. But Ben has had his time. His time has passed. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a close win by the Chargers, but a very close, ugly win. The game's going to be ugly. That's my main point on this. Fair enough. Okay. So that's reference previously. There's a differing of opinion about a certain diva wide receiver named Odell Beckham Jr. Or Adele. I've heard him <laughs> say it both ways. Tomato, tomato. Now, the crux of this argument is that Christian and I rightly believe that from Odell's rookie season to, what, 2016? So the, his first three years yep. in the league. When he had Eli Manning, you mean? His first three seasons in his first oh, three seasons in we got um, stats man we got stats we his first three seasons in the league <laughs> uh, Odell was putting up numbers and was a top tier wide receiver absolutely one of the the uh, people on this podcast does not believe so 
at first he thought we meant just an elite wide receiver in general to which we told him you're smoking crack and we definitely only meant the first three years of his career yep. after that he this man has not done anything so my main argument here and i want to be very clear is that odell beckham jr is a good wide receiver he was adequate in his first three years he was good but my argument is that he's the product of the current nfl that has hyper inflated stats for wide receiver ones. But the numbers he put up are at like, you should be getting those as a wide receiver one. Like as the first target in an offense, those are the kind of yards and like the receptions you get, the yards you get and touchdowns come with it. That's the kind of stuff you should be putting up. But when compared to like other wide receivers out there or other wide receivers at the time, there are far better wide receivers than him. Elite to me, it's like a top three guy. Odell's never been a top three guy. Like he's been a good receiver. He's been maybe top 10, maybe, maybe top five, but he's never been top three. He's never been elite. He's been good. He's been great. He's never been the guy. God damn it. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the fucking is Flacco elite debate. <laughs> yeah. So for three straight seasons, Odell went 90 plus catches. 1,300 plus yards and double digit touchdowns in all three seasons in a row. And, and I don't see how you can't say that's elite. And, and you look at the other counterparts listed on there. Like, let's look at 2014 here. Odell was, let's see, I've got the stats up here. So he was about, he was ninth in yards in the year but he had 12 total touchdowns, which puts him in at tied for third. So he's tied for third in touchdowns. Okay, and so that's just 2014. Uh, I'm looking at the exact same stats. You're telling me right now you're going to take, and we're talking about 2014. Let's go back to 2014. Yeah. You're going to take Odell over a T.Y. Hilton. You're going to take him over Julio Jones. You're going to take him over, over Antonio Brown. You're going to take him over Demarius Thomas. You're going to take him over a Des Bryant. You're going to take him over, I'd even make the argument, a healthy like DeAndre Hopkins, like, who had kind of a down year. You're going to take Odell Beckham Jr. over those wide receivers I just listed in 2014. At that time period, the only wide receiver I'm taking over Odell is Antonio Brown. Maybe Des. Really? Because Julio was only at six touchdowns. Odell had six – he doubled his touchdowns compared to Julio. So well, Julio yeah, that's, yards. That, that's because at that time, for whatever reason, Matt, Matt Ryan was allergic to throwing the ball at Julio in the red zone. Let's also look at a 2014 Eli Manning and a 2015 Eli Manning. Eli Manning, on Odell Beckham's best year, made it to the Pro Bowl with, I want to say, 35 touchdowns. How many picks? With 14 interceptions. So that's that's pretty good. I mean, for at that time period of his career, 35 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Nobel's best year happens to be a Pro Bowl year of Eli Manning just as well. Oh, that's weird. What happened once Odell lost Eli Manning? What happened? Nothing. Eli, Eli Manning hyper-targeted Odell Beckham Jr. to get him the stats he needed. Oh, like, Odell Beckham was force-fed the ball by Eli Manning. Eli Manning, when he had, had Odell, was throwing to him nearly a 30% target share. To give you an idea of that, how often that is, Cooper Cup right now is getting the exact same share. That's how crazy amount of target share that Odell Beckham had with Eli Manning. Yeah, because he was an elite receiver. That's why he's getting all the targets. 
I love the rece- amount of receptions Cooper Cup's getting, just saying. Yeah, and he's an elite receiver as well. Also, thank you, Ryan, for putting me on to Cooper Cup. Yeah, you're welcome. Like, the Cooper Cup thing going on there as well. And now, all of a sudden, Christian's like, oh, yeah, Cooper Cup's good now. Okay, that's surprising. When did I ever say he wasn't? Was it you or was it someone else? Maybe it was Josh. I, really, I, I think, no, Christian hasn't slandered Cooper Cup. It was definitely someone else. Um, that was, was probably a Josh thing. Yeah, shout out, shout uh, out Josh. But my main <laughs> argument here is shout that out if, Chip Bayless. <laughs> my main argument really comes down to, and why I'd like to stand on here is that the NFL nowadays is so hyperinflated with stats, and we it's so pass happy and so pass first that these wide receivers coming in are gonna have these inflated stats that look impressive. Odell, like if he was elite, he'd still be putting out these numbers. You don't just stop being elite. Like, that's my, my other argument I have, is longevity of his career. Now, you can make the argument, oh, well, I believe he blew out his ACL or he tore his Dude, ACL. He, he's had at least two ACL surgeries um, amongst other lower body injuries. That definitely impacts the type of game he, uh, he had because his game, what is it, was yak. Yards after catch, yep. dude. Like – there was nothing more electric during the uh, three-year span than watching Odell take a slant 70 yards to the house. It was an electric factory yep. to watch. And that's what made him so good. And now, so what is it now? Like why he hasn't been nearly as good is because like he's having trouble catching the ball, which indicates a problem with his lower body. It, see, the thing about Odell, obviously we go back to the big and catch to and the Sunday night football. In his rookie season, they're playing the Cowboys. This was probably outside of the Thanksgiving game, was probably the most watched NFL game of the whole season. Uh, Was this Dallas versus New York in New York, Sunday night football. Odell makes the crazy catch, greatest catch ever. And I mean, I think you're Cowboys win the game, but nobody, no, Cowboys won the game, but nobody (laughs) talks about that because Odell made that play. So that obviously put him on the map and made him a superstar. But if you look at the numbers, he's been a top three receiver in pretty much all of those seasons, 2014 all the way through 16. I'd say he's top five. I don't think he's top three. And a top top three to me is elite. That's what that's really what we're like. We're, yeah. we're, like we both agree he's a, he's a good wide receiver. I'm just saying he's not an elite wide receiver. Also, Ryan's acting like he wasn't already putting up numbers before that catch. And he was. Um, no, totally. I should, I, I, I that's just what put him on the map as far as like the public image of him fair enough and al- yeah. but also like it was just sunday night football acting like as if that was a much plus game all year i don't tend to buy that i just believe that it is <laughs> nfc east hype yeah i mean i'd argue maybe the super bowl is the most watched game that year yeah i uh, said regular season I said regular <laughs> season and chris can run the like, tape back Christian's going to look this up later on and tweet it out, being like, oh, this is what I said. Yeah, it's a regular <laughs> season outside of Thanksgiving game. That was probably the most watched game of that season. Interesting. Interesting. No, I just, I mean, you're not going to convince me differently. I just think that he was the product of Eli Manning, who was who was a good quarterback to the, until he got, you know, Philip Rivers, you know, Drew Brees, happens to all of them eventually. I think he was just a product of an Eli Manning, a Manning-led offense that was hyper-targeted with a high target share that led to those numbers. Yeah, because I'm looking at the NFL website right now, and I'm clicking through the years, and 
through 2014, 15, and 16, in like the top eight guys, there are only three guys that show up consistently in all three seasons. That's Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and Odell Beckham Jr. So I'm saying that three-year window, he was an elite receiver. Obviously, he got his money, became a total diva, started beating up kicker nets, and then just became a total cancer to the and locker room ever since. Kicker nets. Yeah, and then the redemption. Yeah, he's with the French models and the cocaine, all of it. It's just porn stars. Yeah. Everything since then has not been great. But these three seasons, that three year window, Odell Beckham Jr. was a top three wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, agreed. The reason I'm not GM is I don't think we're going to agree on this. I don't think there's much point in debating it any further. Please, we'll just be Chip Bayless and Skip Shannon. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just, I think if you look at it, he's just, he's just the product of volume. And I think that if he wasn't actually an elite wide receiver then, he'd still continue to be one now. Lower body injuries, man. They're no joke. All right. So moving on to probably our most anticipated uh, segment of the show. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man does whatever a Spider-Man does. Can he swing (laughs) from a web? Yes, he can because he's Spider-Man. Ha-ha! He is Spider-Man. Look out! It's Spider-Man. All right. So earlier this week, the latest trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home drops. And to say I almost creamed my pants is an understatement. I mean, a cold breeze goes through, Andrew, and you cream your pants. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But this Spider-Man trailer had it all. It was fantastic. You know what it didn't have? It didn't have three Spider-Man or Spider-Man. It only had one Spider-Man. And one obviously uh, edited it out. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yep. uh, like, we <laughs> try. Like, that's, that's really what I want to start the discussion is that are we under the belief now that there's going to be three Spider-Man or Spider-Mans? Well, I mean, Tobey Maguire has said as much that he's going to be there. And Andrew Garfield has done an absolute shit job at denying it. Well, so, I, think yes. re- I think it kind of revives their careers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we see all three come December. Yeah, uh, thank God for Tom Holland being yep. having mm. like the loosest lips ever. <laughs> like that guy, he, yeah, he's the that. spoiler king, man. Yeah, uh, he he's spo- he spoils everything he's in, and I love him for that. So I actually love. I want to talk a little bit about the trailer, especially the end part where you have MJ falling. The theory that's going around that I've seen on the interwebs is that it's not Tom Holland who's going to save her. It's going to be Andrew Garfield Spider-Man who's learned not to use a web and to actually reach and grab her and kind of be a redemption arc from him letting Gwen Stacy die. Yeah, because isn't that how, hmm. how it is in the comics? Is he, uh, what is it? Gwen dies because he tries and webs her from a distance that, and that ends up breaking her neck. Yeah, because uh, it, like the force like causes whiplash, breaks her neck. It happened in the Mason Spider-Man too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. And then uh, because of that, he learns that in, in a similar situation with Mary Jane later on, he uses that knowledge to say uh, to uh, fall faster, uh, match up with Mary Jane and then use the web. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, it happens in the comics. It's pretty great. Yeah. 
uh well what is it there is a scene where to wasn't it where toby's uh spider-man saved mj i i can't for maybe in like spider-man one or two i can't remember it's been a while since i've seen them yeah spider-man one when she was falling off the bridge the green goblin knocked her off yeah that's oh, just falling right. into the hudson oh, I, of the east river i believe the exact line was let her go Poor Tressa Woods, Spider-Man. That was bad. that was the Dark Knight with oh, the, the Joker. Really yeah, yeah. Went with uh Rachel. Yeah, so the bad, so the Dark Knight yeah. stole stole that. I'm pretty hmm. confident they both say that. It wouldn't surprise me, but all I know is I am fired up to see Green Goblin and Doc Ock back on um, the big screen. Oh, dude, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. I mean, beautiful. Uh, ju- just no. that. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> So I looked up Spider-Man Let Her Go, and it's just it's a parody video um, of the Amazing Spider-Man 2 with um, that who's that guy who sings it? Like you only like see the dark when he's getting low. You know what I'm talking about? Passenger. And it's it's a four-minute dub over of Gwen Stacy falling to her death as Passenger sings Let Her Go. <laughs> oh. So that's sad. In case you wouldn't be sad today, look that up, viewers. The internet is a strange place. I don't know how I feel about that, but okay. All right. Um, that just makes me sad now. But yeah, no. Uh, overall, seeing uh, that the Multiverse of Madness gives us the Sinister Six, I mean... So the Sinister Six, from what we've got taken from the preview, was that they're the ghosts because Doc Ock's like, you're fighting ghosts, Peter. Um, also, shout out to Gage. Uh, Gage basically told me that he's pretty confident that Doc Ock steals Stark Tech when he takes the suit off Peter Parker. He's like, you're not Peter Parker. Supposedly, he's going to steal the Stark Tech there. That's Gage's theory. Um, so I'm going to go with that, too. Yeah. I think Doc Ock is, gonna get some, is going to get some power-ups from Tony Stark Tech and become even more dangerous. That sounds like a dangerous combo right there. I mean, like, Stock Ock or Doc Ock could use the Stark Tech to uh, look through the multi, start looking through the multiverse and call on uh, other Spider Man villains. That could be something that happens, just saying, Ooh. putting that out there. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, Christian, we are definitely going to oh, absolutely. A, a premiere of this. Yeah, I saw tickets were going on sale pretty soon, so we'll have to look into when, that. And get when is out. this coming out? I, yeah, I I saw it, like, it said on the trailer, and, like, tickets are going sale, like, this month. I want to say November 20-something, but let me pull it up here. Spider-Man release date. December 17th. Yeah, 17th. That's right. And tickets go on sale very soon, like within the next few days. So, All right. Let yeah, me know when. For sure. But yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be there opening night. Midnight release might even be fun to go to as well. Um, No, because I want to be uh, semi-coherent whenever I go to work the next morning. Well, Bullshit. do like a Friday midnight, not like okay. a Thursday midnight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Friday not on a midnight. work night, no. Oh, okay. no I wouldn't be okay. doing okay. that. <laughs> We're adults but, now. Yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just remembered I've been taking off like all the Fridays in December. Never mind. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But yeah, no, we'll, we'll get that booked and we'll, we'll have a great time. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so excited. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hell yes. Phase four Marvel. Let's go. Woo. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, 
I, I think that's about it. But do any of y'all have any closing thoughts? Uh, closing thought is always stay cold, stay frosty, and stay bold. Yeah. Stay bold, bitches. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, for listening. Give us any and all feedback. Thank you for making it this far, and we will see you guys next week. I hate you, Chip Bayless.